Welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Hello Rangers fans, and I'm pleased to welcome you all back to yet another edition of Forever Blue Shirts Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com, and quite possibly the tears of butthurt Islanders fans all across the <laughs> island. I'm your host of the week, Kevin Krupe, and of course, as always, the other two-thirds of the podcast, John Luke Shapiro and Russell Hartman. It's good to be with both of you again in jail. I'm glad that COVID is finally starting to die down, so we just don't lose you. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that you're here. <laughs> yes, because if anyone knows that I don't incessantly talk about it, but I am uh, I'm asthmatic and... Ah, uh, uh, yes. I, uh, no, we didn't know that. I, um, I, I just I oh basically have, like, a problem, so... <laughs> How dare you be born? How dare I have a defect when I was born? Uh, well, I'm glad you're here. And, of course, I'm also glad you're here, too, Russell. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. I actually have a show for the first time in five months this weekend since oh phase God. one is opening. Wow. Um, it's going to be a show, of course, with social distancing, and it's not going to be, you is know, everybody, totally Is everybody going to be, like, just so far away, and then you're going like, to be far away from everybody? Basically, <laughs> the place that hired, is hiring us to play is, like, they have a patio, and we're going to play on the patio, and they're closing the inside of the bar, and you're only going to be allowed to the patio if you have a mask and if you're socially distancing, so I, I'm, I'm still excited to play music. I'm this still is excited. the worst mosh pit ever. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, but just for someone like me who literally needs to play music to stay alive, I'm very happy to play Literally, music. he yeah. says. Literally. Yes. He says, <laughs> if he doesn't play the saxophone at least once every other day... It's Russell. Legend, so, legend, legend says that Russell plays the saxophone before he goes to bed. But Kevin, thank you for welcoming me. It's good to see you both. I it's miss you both. see both of you. Um, but before we continue, this is the second installment of our boss man's Rangers Insight. Take a listen. This is Rangers Insight with ForeverBlueShirts.com founder Anthony Scultore. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Rangers Insights by ForeverBlueShirts.com. And Phase 2 has officially opened. Um, according to a team source I spoke with over the weekend, the center is actually going to open for players to train tomorrow or Wednesday the latest. Uh, the expectation is, is obviously you can't have more than six players at a time at the training facility. And more likely than not, this week we should be seeing some of the more local residents near Connecticut, uh, New York, New Jersey area. So that means we could expect to see possibly Chris Kreider, Artemi Panarin, uh, Adam Fox, and Tony D'Angelo at the training center. Uh, we also spoke with Brandon Crawley recently in our uh, prospect interview series. And he's been told, as well as some other members of the Wolfpack, to uh, be ready to be on call. So they may show up at the training center this week as well. Uh, Igor Shesterkin is in Florida. Larry Brooks is reporting that he is going to stay there for the time being. Uh, so is Jacob Truba. 
another one that's in Florida. So it's possible they could be up uh, either later this week or sometime in the near future. But for now, uh, when we're looking at phase two, uh, the early uh, likelihood of those players being up is not going to happen this week, more likely than not. Also, the players over in Europe. Players such as Mika Zibanejad, Kapo Kako, Alexander uh, Georgiev, and Henrik Lundqvist aren't going to be coming here as well. This is voluntary. It is not mandatory. Mandatory will be when Phase 3 kicks in, which the rumors have it that they're trying to negotiate either June, Monday, June 13th or uh, Monday, June 20th for the start of training camps. So we'll learn more then. Next on Rangers Insight... In other piece of news, Elias Anderson was a topic of conversation this weekend as well. Uh, back in, Ju- in uh, January, I had mentioned that the Calgary Flames had interest in Elias Anderson. Uh, people I've spoken to out of Sweden, uh, including a scout close to uh, the Flames situation, has been relayed to me. Uh, that the Rangers and Flames were discussing a deal and apparently the Rangers wanted too much and it did it fell through. Now, I have spoken to other sources closer to the Rangers that tell me that wasn't the case at all and maybe no discussion was had between the two sides. So, take this as you will, but when you live in the world of rumors, there's plenty that goes around, he said she said type stuff uh but it you know it's uh, Elias Anderson and the flames may have been uh who knows two crossing ships in the ocean and at night maybe it'll come around anyway during the draft um another piece of news just to share uh we will be speaking with Olaf Lindbaum as well in our upcoming prospect series Stephen Google has done a great job uh, talking to uh, prospects as of late and getting some incredible insights uh, matter of fact uh, our latest uh, interview coming up soon is with Darren Radish of the Hartford Wolfpack and it's there these guys are loving it and reading each other's interviews on foreverblueshirts.com which I think is pretty cool and finding out little tidbits about each other they never even bothered to ask so uh, some cool information coming out of there. But Olaf Lindbaum, who's been playing in Sweden, a goalie prospect for the New York Rangers, is possibly considering moving to Liga in Finland. So that could be uh, some information coming up uh, in the near future. And that is a wrap. Those are your Ranger insights. Uh, hope you guys enjoy the rest of the podcast and look forward to speaking with you all again next week. Take care and let's go Rangers. Thank you, as always, Ant, for such great insight. I'm yeah. glad that you can come on and give us some, you know, different perspective every once in a while. It it always sounds like he's uh, getting ready to uh, unleash fury on someone with his very uh, oh yeah Godfather yeah. type he, of voice. He's just like, he's just loud and boisterous. He's yeah. just he likes to get his point across in a certain way. Well, he does. He does get his point across. But let's get our points across, shall we? Uh, the biggest news in the NHL at this moment is the start of Phase 2. The NHL has taken the next step into returning to play following the COVID-19 crisis. Limited workouts are allowed on a voluntary basis. And this isn't a substitute for training camp. So it's not like, okay, here's training camp and then we'll be ready to go. It's all voluntary. It's like, you know, you got to practice your, st- you know, 
social distancing, only a few guys on the ice, only a few guys in the gym. But as for the Rangers, a small group of players, which included Chris Kreider, Brendan Smith, Brendan Lemieux, Adam Fox, Mark Stahl, and Philip DiGiuseppe participated today, Tuesday the 9th. A few of those um, names are nice to see. Some is, of them, some of them not so much, but a few of them are nice to see. Well, them. no, it's good because, you know, now we're finally seeing players starting to work out once again. Does this start yeah. to feel more real to you, Russell? Like, how does it feel that the Rangers are starting to get things going now in the States? Because we saw it in Europe, but now it's here. It's real. No, it's great. Yeah, it's great that it's real. It's great that it's here. And I, that was a joke I made before. Obviously, it's great to see all of them on the ice. No Number one, <laughs> the most positive development from this and the player I'm most excited that is already on the ice in phase two is Chris Kreider, who was hurt and was, you know, rehabbing before uh, the season was put on pause. And now once the playoffs start in July, he'll be good and ready to go. And it just makes the Rangers top six that much more deadly with their uh, arguably fastest skater back on track. And Adam Fox, it's good to see him already, you know, chomping in the bit to get back at it. Uh, he's arguably should finish top three in Calder voting. Uh, I don't want to hear none of that Dominic Kubalik nonsense. Um, he should <laughs> definitely. Goals, well, no, I don't want to hear any of that gotta, nonsense. You know, you gotta give. You can't just dismiss Kubalik like that. Come on, it's not like he's just you, some regular. You can. Pylon. You can when you're a rookie defenseman who elevated himself to the number one defenseman on a rebuilding team, playing hard minutes yeah, and putting true. up great numbers over some guy who's shooting pretty well but no i'm sorry <laughs> that's that it that's his only redeemable quality that's it that's his only redeemable quality but uh no kevin it's great it's great to see them back on the ice and you know they're, they're coming back it's getting real yeah and I, also, I, I, too, um, you know, not to interject on you, Mr. Host Kevin, sorry. Well, I've, you know what? When, <laughs> last week I interjected at yes, least you did. Like five times. It is doing my it. turn. So I think it, no. it is what it is. But, so, you know, like you said, some of them are going to be, you know, it's not going to be everybody at once, social distancing, yada, 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 as Seinfeld famously said. Um, but you also have to keep into account, you know, obviously Shesterkin is not in Russia. He is in Florida. Um, he is living at large with all of his Russian buddies down there. I didn't know he retired already. In <laughs> he's a senior <laughs> no, citizen. No. 24 years old. Early he's success. He decided to peak and then leave it yeah. at um, You know, obviously you still have players like Zibanejad over overseas, Lundqvist overseas, you know. So the a lot of the European players will probably come within like the next two weeks, as Ant alluded to. Um, but it like like Russell said, it's inter- it's great to see that – uh, developments are being made and players are willingly wanting to come back and play hockey through this pandemic because unlike some other leagues, it seems as if the NHL and its players are making an active attempt to try and play. Major League Baseball, MLB. I mean, how long did that take you? What, 10 minutes before you said something about the MLB? I, I mean, that's like come a new on. record. I mean, you can't, you, can't you, usually I back. drop a Mets reference within the first 15 minutes. So. And there it is. And there it is. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's good to see, and uh, you know, I can't, I can't wait to see uh, what happens when everything ramps up, and hopefully, through all this, the players can remain safe, and they can, uh, you know, ultimately go for the abbreviated Stanley Cup. That's still gonna matter, regardless of us not being in the stands. See, this is the difference between the MLB and the NHL. The NHL pretty much wrapped up their season. They had less than a month left of games. And yeah, the MLB hasn't like, started, so people who would say that this cup means less because of it, that doesn't make any sense. If anything, it means more because if you're in the qualifying round, no matter what, you're playing more games, it should mean it's harder to get, which means it's worth more. So Remember, there's no and there's no asterisks. There's not none of this bull about like, oh, well, it really wasn't an NHL season because they didn't finish it. No, 
stop already. Come on, like, hockey's back, and you can see it with the players who are already starting to get back on the ice. That's why this is so important, because the players are eager, which means yeah. you're eager, which means I'm eager. Which means and Russell's eager to talk. We're all eager. Hey, if any of these wild card or, like, playing teams manage to make it all the way to the Stanley Cup final and somehow win, you're talking about five rounds and 19 games. That's more than any team has needed to win the Stanley Cup. And forever, ever, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, those, people putting an asterisk, yeah, you could put an asterisk, but an asterisk from something that maybe it means more. Well, think about it this way. Exclamation You're, point, possibly? Possibly, because think Stanley about Stanley Cup it. champions, when exclamation the, point. <laughs> when the season stopped, there was a lot of guys who were injured. Jake Gensel was injured on the Penguins, you know. Other stars on other teams were also hurt, and now... You're talking about Tarasenko on the Blues. Yeah, exactly, who is their arguably best player as well. So you got to look at it this way. These teams are coming back. Everyone is going to be full power, which never happens usually when the playoffs comes around. Usually there's some team dealing with some injury somewhere. And almost all of these teams are going to be at full power, have a three-week training camp, and all of these players have had a four-month gap to kind of rest and reset. And now you're going to go at it in the playoffs, the most intense hockey after having this rest. It's going to be amazing man that's gonna be so cool to watch you know what i say to that as our friend chief palpatine likes to say unlimited power as he's zapping mace window outside <laughs> window. So. i mean you you can't say anything if a qualifying team not even just if it's the rangers if it's the hurricanes if it's the you know coyotes well i mean it won't be the hurricanes it yeah, won't I mean, be <laughs> it's, it's the first things that come like rangers playing the hurricanes next <laughs> So I it could if if it's at anybody, even the the the, like the guys with the reseed, the the right, top re, yeah. the top teams are still playing games because the they top, don't matter as much. No, but they're playing round robin games well, to determine whether so it, it does matter enough where you know they're playing meaningful hockey. Right. And we don't know what the schedule is going to be like either. This could be jam packed like yeah. a game every day. I believe they said they wanted anywhere from four to six games a day. In each arena, which is, I mean, it's possible, but I mean, you have to imagine games are going to start really early and end extremely late. If you're talking five full NHL games in one day in one arena, resetting the ice, getting the teams, like sanitizing the locker rooms, getting the teams in and out, the testing, like we're probably, we might see games start like seven, eight in the morning. I mean, maybe, who knows, maybe <laughs> even a little a earlier. Like, that's perfect. I wake up yeah. and watch hockey all day. And yeah, that's all I'm going to do. Right. That hockey. is literally all I will do for even, those Even if the Rangers <laughs> don't make it, and I'm not saying they won't, I'm knocking on wood, you can hear me. I think this is just going to be great for the sport of hockey just because you get to see so many different teams playing at a high level back to back to back to back. And another thing, too, is... If the schedule ends up getting bunched up together, this may end up leading to maybe multiple hub cities. That could be something that could mm -hmm. get thrown in there because, you know, if you want to look at it at a logistic point of view, you look at a team that's, you know, you look at you look at teams that are, you know, trying to cram themselves into one arena. Maybe they go, okay, well, we'll probably go with like, I don't know, Pittsburgh and, you know, insert random east coast city here and you just spread them out within the two and then just have hockey all day you know it's like hockey all of the time you know so it, it, it's gonna be interesting to say the least i think it'd be great especially for those qualifying rounds in the round robins um but you know it's not just gonna be this postseason it's gonna be very interesting it's gonna be this you know off season that we're kind of looking forward to also you know as much as we've talked about him, 
Let's talk about him one more time just for the hell of it. Elias Anderson is always, it always seems like this. he's in some sort of news, and something came back up recently that Ant wrote about, you know, regarding the Calgary Flames and how big they actually were on Elias Anderson this following, this past season, during the year, of course, when he first decided to be like, I'm out, I'm going back home. So, you know, what do you think, Joe? Do you think that Anderson gets moved at some point? Like, to me, I, I believe that if he does, it'll be a, a package. Definitely not a one-for-one one in this offseason. Maybe not even just him for a pick. I think that it's going to be him with somebody else in a package. And if it is the Flames, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised because they have been linked to him multiple times. Well, Ant alluded to um, both teams were discussing a deal this season, but the Flames backed out because the Rangers were basically asking for too much. Um, so... You, ultimately, it seems as if the Rangers still value Anderson as an asset. And ultimately, if he gets selected to this expanded playoff roster and is a, and actually plays and does perform well enough, because he'll have the chance, I think the Rangers are going to reevaluate the situation and maybe just maybe he might actually not get traded. But ultimately... Um, the Rangers' demands might end up loosening a little bit, and I think, you know, just my opinion, I think he gets, if he does get traded, it's going to be in a package deal because it seems as if the Rangers might want to move assets around for future purposes. And even though Leas, moving Leah Sanderson is kind of a lateral move in terms of future assets, it all depends on the return, and it seems like they want a big haul for him, so they probably just put it together as one. But I, I, I truth be told, I don't think they move him, but if they do, well, pfft. Hmm. That's that's on them, but well, I do. Well, I do let me like ask you this: idea. I do like I, packaging I, I, them. I think that's a good idea. And I know it, a team that I think would especially be of interest—not just Calgary, but if you want to talk about a team that wants to get a little younger and they have a problem in goal as well, I think you match up well with the San Jose Sharks because the San Jose Sharks really disappointed this year. They need to get money off their books. Martin Jones is, oh my God, he's I out the just, door. He said he has to be out the door. It's got to be over after how atrocious he was this season. And if you really, if if the Rangers are really serious and the rebuild is really accelerated, then you package Leah Sanderson, you package Alexander Georgiev, maybe a pick, and you get Logan Couture over here, and you take that salary on, and you make him your second line center behind Mika Zibanejad. If thing, and I forgot to premise it with this, I think it would be a good deadline deal for next year to bring in Couture for a, for a playoff run. I, I forget how many years left he has on his deal, but I think it would he'd be a good addition, and I think for that price, um, I'd probably pay it. I mean, Logator is a stellar player. There's no denying that, but just... I, I could I, I do I do agree that I can see Leas Anderson package with Alexander Georgiev and possibly a pick for somebody else. It's just, it really seems like it might be more of like a a Ryan Lindgren kind of deal where it's like thrown in at the last second. It's right. like, oh, we'll right. give you Leah Sanderson. Right. But, you know, and that, were, that's the only way. Maybe I that, that, that and that was, yeah. and that was completely hypothetical, but I'm saying there's probably deals out there for them to explore similar to that. I mean, look at teams that have needs and put him in a deal like that as a sweetener. And I think, you know, if they, like I said, if they truly feel like things are getting accelerated and they want to move this along, look at a deal for like a Couture, you know, like someone like that who's, yeah, he's he's over 30, but he still has a lot of good years ahead of him left. Now, let me follow up with this. Let me follow up with this question for both of you. Now, 
we talked last week about, you know, Leah Anderson potentially coming back and joining the Rangers on their roster. It's been talked about. Obviously, speculation, speculation. We're not going to know until it actually happens. But do you think the Rangers would be more inclined to include Leah Anderson on the roster when this whole thing starts back up just to increase his trade value? Do you think that he'll be um, able to help? Do you think he'll be able to help more as a teammate or you think you'll be able to help more as an asset along the line? I think it's, it's both. I think I think I think uh, this has like a has many layers to it. You know, obviously teams are gonna want to see what Anderson has to you know offer because he was not playing well or he wasn't playing to his ability when he was here the first time. Uh, also, gives the Rangers a chance to evaluate him, see how he does. You know, he's basically gone over to Sweden. He did what he had to do. He. I guess cleansed his mind or is able to fix whatever or, or at least try to patch up whatever problems he felt that he had, which, you know, good for him. Uh, and, and I think there, it's just basically kind of like a, you know, put up or shut up kind of thing where if you don't put up, you're gonna, you're gonna get moved. And I, I, I think that the Rangers really want Anderson to stay here. They really like Anderson. That's the thing. They, they, they talk highly about him uh, when the whole thing went down earlier in the season and Anderson went to Sweden, you could just tell by listening to jo- what John Davison said that he was legitimately confused at what was going on. So, obviously, we don't know the specifics of the situation, but it seems as if the Rangers are willing to repair relations, and I think this is the opportunity for them to say, hey, go out there and give it your best, kid. We're going to give you a shot. It all depends on what David Quinn does, what the Rangers think, or what the Rangers feel, and um, ultimately, we will probably see some sort of resolution by this by the end of the season, and maybe even at the start of next season. So I think it's a, a culmination of a couple of things that you mentioned there, Mister Croopy. Thank you. <laughs> one, la- one last bit I, I just want to say about Leas. Like, I think they'll give him every opportunity to make this roster. I think they'll give him every opportunity to show that he belongs. But I think that. But like I said before, I think the deadline might be their deadline this year. I think they'll look at it and they'll see what they can get and they will move on because at a certain point, a player just needs a new place to play. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, the thing is they, they did draft him high. It's not like they got him in a package deal and they're like, right. oh, he's not working out. They and we're not having this conversation him. if he was drafted 21 and and Hedl was drafted seven. We're not having exactly. any of this conversation. Or it might be it might be the same conversation with Hedl. You know, you got to remember expectations are high for a top ten pick. Right, but he's so, the thing with Hedl is Hedl has been showing a lot more improvement and he shows those flashes of game breaking ability. Whereas Leah Anderson is still struggling to get to that consistency. And Phil Hedl is too, but Phil Hedl is at least putting up the points he should yeah. be at the age he is right now. If if Anderson at least potted five six goals, I don't think we'd be talking about this. Oh, sure. He's only scored yeah. on the fourth line. On the fourth course, line, he's only scored what goals. three? Oh, I, something along I the lines. Tell you off the top of my head, but yeah. But we can see we've seen flashes of his playmaking ability before. Oh yeah. And it's not. It's not to say that he's a terrible player. No, his preseason was, was evident of do that. Do you think that we'd be talking about him this much? No. That's the thing. We all want him to be good. We all want Absolutely. him to come back and dominate on the second line, the third line, whichever one he earns. It's just, if you bring him back and he's playing a fourth line center role, you're not going to get the production that you expect. Everybody's still going to complain that he's on the team. So why, at the same time, it's, it's a double-edged sword. 
It's either he does great, everybody's like, oh, why was he on the team? Or he does terrible, it's like, oh, why is right. he still on the team? So Just a lot of wait and see. It is. I mean, I mean, I think that is the biggest question for the Rangers, because I think everything else seems like a win-win. This seems like the one wild card for everything, just as from a general manager standpoint. But uh, moving on, and uh, I know Russell really wants to talk about this, so I'll oh, give, yeah. I won't even give my two cents. <clears throat> but I'll say this. As a hockey fan, I am well aware it is not the most watched sport in the United States. Oh, I am 100% oh, on boy. top of the fact that ratings do not match the MLB, the NBA, or the NFL. But to come out and say it isn't even part of the big four franchises is a little nuts. The NHL finally got recognition on ESPN, but it was at the hands of Max Kellerman on first take. Oh. Now, Russ, yes, I'm just going to let you go. I don't even have a question. Just, just, <laughs> yeah. just go for right, it. Look, look, Gates look, open. Look, Here we go. Look, Max Kellerman, he loves boxing, right? He loves to talk about boxing. This is his thing. Yo, when was the last time Boxing was really seriously relevant in this country. Any anybody, floors open. Stop. Bueller. Bueller. Uh, that's it. That's my whole point. That is that's the whole point. So Max Kellerman, number one, your favorite sport is not even anywhere on anyone's radar right now. Okay. Now, how dare you, Max Kellerman, come out and say that we are not one of the big four? When we have arguably had some of the most exciting sports moments and we have some of the best personalities in the entire sports world. When Al Sebastian won the Stanley Cup, that dude was drunk for two months straight and they were, he was doing some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen an athlete do with a championship trophy. All right? We had a back-to-back -back winner, Stanley Cup winner of the Pittsburgh Penguins, a dominating franchise like the Golden State Warriors who arguably, you know, they had a harder path because it wasn't just a team full of superstars. All these young intense talent coming into the NHL and, like, really good players. Yes, the NHL can market themselves a little better, and I'm not saying they can't. That's why they're not higher up on this ranking. Than, you know, they're, they're obviously fourth in the big four. But to say that the NHL doesn't matter and that nobody cares, you can't tell me that nobody cares when 105,000 people show up to the big house in freezing cold temperatures to watch the Red Wings and the Toronto Maple Leafs play in one of the best regular season games I have ever seen. You can't tell me that hockey is not a major sport and no one cares when people will pack Yankee Stadium in like negative five degrees to watch the Rangers beat the crap out of the Devils and Islanders, okay? People love this. People live for this. Look, look at our friend Steve. He, does, he travels the world just to talk to people that, that play this game. And, you know, people dedicate themselves to this. And, you know, when you're a hockey fan, I don't know any hockey fan that's not an intense hockey fan. Like, you love it. And you love your team, but you love the sport as a whole. You appreciate the players. So, Max Kellerman, screw you, man. You don't know what you're talking about. You held that in. You held, you held the other words. I'm not going to get too hot, but seriously, how dare you? How dare you? Now, before we move over to JL's take, which would most likely seem a lot less intense, um, I will say this, and, you know, the reason why the NHL isn't as more popular is because it's a very expensive game when you're growing up. Skates are expensive. You know, all your pads are expensive. Sticks are extremely expensive. And a lot of people don't have access to that where they could just have access to a hoop and a basketball. Or they could have access to the park where it has a diamond, 
where you could just hit some balls off of a tee or play catch with somebody. It's not as inclusive as we all want it to be because you need specific conditions for on ice. I mean, you could play roller hockey, but it's just it's not as out there as you know. It doesn't reach the kids as much as we want it to. That's that's, that's, that's that's why I know it's something the NHL still needs to work on. They need to market the game better. It's hard to, like, when you first got me into hockey, you were also just to play it, not to watch it. Um, It was very expensive for me. As, like, no, no, early yeah, in high school. It's it was I'm, a I'm very expensive ordeal. It starts, it starts with making equipment more easily available. It starts with the NHL funding equipment drives and things of the such to help maybe people that want to get into it that can't afford the equipment get into it. And it's about, you know, like, you see the NBA, and they have NBA cares, and you see all the things they do and all the things they do for the game, even at, at young levels. The NHL needs to, you know, learn that, like Kevin said, it's not the cheapest sport to play. Let, have some type of equipment borrowing things with rinks. Like, have partnerships with companies. Get kids involved. Like, it starts when you're young. The love for the game starts when you're young. There's things they can do. And number two, you have some of the coolest and funniest personalities in sports, and they need to learn how to market them. I'm sorry. You can't tell me an NHL video series about a dude doing magic tricks in their houses is what is right. Because if you saw this past season, that was a video series they did on NHL.com. Some dude doing magic tricks, and then an NHL player being like, whoa, I don't know how you did that. Nobody cares. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Russell taking out the big gun. Oh, right man. When, when, you, when I want to see the hockey fan is... How, what, what, what kind of stuff? How does this can train? Like, let me see some sick shots that he's doing. Let me see, like, oh, like what is his life like outside of the rink? Don't give me a magician in his house pulling a rabbit out of a hat. That doesn't give me anything as a fan. That doesn't do anything for me. Why should I care about these people? That's what the NHL needs to realize. Well, also, too, you have to factor in that ice is very expensive. Ice time yes. is also very yes, expensive. But just to add to... You know, or I guess if we're piling on Max Kellerman, I guess the one thing Max Kellerman seems to, you know, neglect is I'm almost positive he probably, if he's ever been to a hockey game, he's probably not watched it or he's probably never been to a hockey game. I'm not going to make that assumption. Um, but it just seems the it just seems that there's like this just, wi- wi- oh, I can't even find the word for it. This, uh, outwardly stated ignorance that no one seems to want to tap into for hockey like no one wants to really dive deep into it and part of that is primarily due to the the way the nhl advertises its players to say that the nhl doesn't matter that's just ridiculous you know uh new york say what you want about sometimes the garden being quiet or whatever or being too corporate or this and that and the fourth but every time I go to Madison Square Garden, Monday night, Saturday evening, Sunday afternoon, whichever, that place is always packed and that place is always loud. Now, albeit some older fans might say it's not the same as it was before. Obviously, yes, we know. But there is never a time I go to Madison Square Garden and I think, man, this kind of sucks. No, the place is always packed and everybody is invested in the game. You know? I don't know what Max Kellerman is talking about. Really. He it seems like he's very out of touch. And truth be told, I think he just said that just to just to bait. You know? Oh, 
It, yeah, it, it, it's I'm just, sure it's just a tactic. There's no sports around. He's probably just jealous that the NHL got or he's, out before Or he's just else. jealous that boxing isn't a thing anymore. That was his livelihood. Maybe that's just what it is. I don't know. I'm not going to make a glorified gambling. gambling. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. Just, let's gamble on two guys beating the crap out of each other. I win. He beat the other guy better. See, that, that's the thing. Like, boxing, yes, it's cool when somebody gets a, a knockout. That's like, that's crazy. But more often than not, it's like technical knockouts. Or it goes the distance. And it's like, well, he landed more punches. Like, that's not exciting. You have a whole buildup of a big night. Like, like you know, what was it? Um... Mayweather versus uh, Pacquiao. Um, yeah. Oh. Or Mayweather versus. Uh, Don't even get me started on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean Mayweather <laughs> dancing around the room dancing for like, like 20 minutes? Like, yeah. I, I so that's, I the thing. Really. that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like you, you. That was like one of the more recent boxing matches that I remember that I watched because it was so big. But you know, the whole night you're having these small fights. And the speculation, no one's there, and then it's a huge build-up for something that doesn't even last that long yeah where hockey it's like okay 30 minutes or an hour opening and then we're gonna go the whole way and you get fights and you get fights. and you get guys that beat each other up you'd think that max hell would like something like this because guys beat the crap out of each other you'd be su- no, you'd be surprised at how many people for the reason like you'd be surprised at how many people don't like hockey because they think it's a boring sport and I, I saw, I've been seeing that a lot on Twitter for some reason it, it's complicated it's not the most straightforward though but it's it's not a boring sport Offhand, I've shown hockey to numerous people, not only in my family, but friends who don't follow the sport. And they go to me and, I, and they say, I want to go to a game. Or if I take them to the game, they go, this is awesome. They don't even know what's yeah. going on. I, I took yeah. a friend of mine to a Ranger game two years ago, and it took her a whole period to digest everything. And as soon as she was able to just get a hold of it, she was just totally into it. You know, it, it's just... I, 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 I don't understand why piling on the NHL is such a fun thing. Yes, they're not the best when it comes to advertising their players. Russell but basically went the in on this. Sport, but it's it's the best sport not only to see live, but it's 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 just the, the most exciting sport to see happen even on TV. So the fact that yeah. Max Kellerman wants to go around and say, oh, hockey doesn't even matter. Look, you, he said it himself. They pack arenas 20,000 every night. What's wrong with that? Just because it's not all over New York City, just because you don't have NHL players' faces on billboards or them doing ads for Build a Bear or whatever, you know, it doesn't that doesn't take away any significance of the sport. It's right. a beautiful sport. It's a fantastic sport. Everybody loves it. It's more of a Canadian thing. That's another thing too. But either way, it is one of the top four, and it is one of the best out there. So yeah, it's not not not, not, not as passionate as Russ, but yeah. No, but a good statement. Oh, so so and, and actually, JL last year is a story with me and JL, because he reminded me from his story. So I took someone to their first game at the end of last season against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So that was the game. That was the game where Booch scored. What was that? With like six like, seconds left. Yeah, with just like six like seconds left, he threw it in from so, the corner off Bobrovsky. So, people listening, picture this, right? Me and Jay are already crazy psycho hockey fans, of course, but we're sitting there with my friend who's never, ever been to a Ranger game ever before. And that's the game they get to see, like a crazy, like push for overtime. And yes, the Rangers ultimately did lose that game in a shootout because of Artemi Panarin. Artemi Panarin. <laughs> <laughs> but. 
I mean, it was like, I after the game was over, like, this person couldn't stop talking about Alexander Georgiev and all the cool saves and how much they loved the sport and everything. It, it captures you. It really traps you in once you experience it. It's amazing. And you know, Max Kellerman, go to a hockey game, man. Just go. Go. Like, when Russell and our friend Armand introduced me to hockey, I had no idea what was going on. There was offsides, like, the guy can't cross the line before the puck, but then... He has to beat the puck down to the other line. There's so many other lines. I don't understand what's going on. But then, like, there's three periods instead of four quarters. And it's like, why are they doing this? Like, why can they fight now instead of then? Why is it five minutes versus two? And this is four. This is, it's a lot of rules. It's overwhelming. But, again, if you just go and you could feel the flow of the game, hear everything that's going on, and just experience the crowd, it's a completely different sensation. Watching my first hockey game on TV versus going to my first hockey game in person was two surreal experiences that I'll never forget. Because it's just like, you understand the speed, you understand the speed, you understand like how quick everything has to be, you see how like the, the physicality up close and you don't really the announcers in your ears. So it's just, you're absorbed in like watching and looking where they're gonna pass the puck and figuring out the play and everyone around you just like, everyone's on their toes ready to see what the next thing is gonna happen and just, there's, there's, not, there's nothing like it. There's no sporting methods like it. I mean, I've been to NBA games. I've been to baseball games. I've been to the NFL. Like, nothing compares. Nothing compares to seeing a game in MSG. And there's nothing like seeing a goal scored live happening and everyone's oh cheering in unison and the goal horn going off and singing that bubblicious goal song. Thank you, Ray Castoldi, for that. Um, also, too... Uh, you also have to look at the impact it's had on a lot of markets. If hockey wasn't as such a big of a sport as Max Kellerman claims, then why has the city of Nashville embraced its team like one of its own? They took Smashville and ran with it. I mean, once that team began to build itself into a contender, the hardcore fans were there, were there but then they also began to attract a lot of other people as well and now hockey in nashville is arguably one of the it's it's a really strong hockey city so you know just to just to wrap it up guys i mean hockey is almost back it's starting to really get this like good feeling of everything starting to come together it seems like the crisis is starting to get on its last legs the curve is flattening yay do you do you think that hockey as a whole, will start to get more recognition just by, you know, they, they seem like they've led in a very good, they've had a very good leadership in this way. They, they, they kind of led the, the the other sports behind them. You know, like, this is how we're going to take it. We're going to try to be as professional and we're going to try to be as safe as possible. Do you think that people are going to recognize hockey moving forward? Because of, and I'm just saying, it's the light at the end of the tunnel kind of situation. Do you think that this is... Good for the Rangers. Good for the NHL as a whole. Good for hockey as a whole. Yeah, because the NHL was really the first of the of yes, the big four, Max Kellerman. The NHL was the first of the big four to come back. They were the first ones to have their plan. And yes, the NFL never said they were postponing or anything, but I'm sure if this dragged on, they would have had to. But out of the sports that were postponed or hadn't started yet, the NHL was the first to come back. They had their plan in place, and Gary Bettman explained, and you know. 
he laid it all out, how they're going to come back, all the safety protocols, what they're doing to make sure everyone is doing this in the best way they can. And not just that, but the NHL Players Union and the NHL owners had really good dialogue with each other. They, you know, they came to this, they came to this decision about how they wanted to restart the season, how they wanted to do this, and they came to this, you know, as we see it now, the playoff agreement we currently have. Um, the NBA, of course, is coming back as well at the end of July. And, you know, the NFL is on schedule. Just hopefully the MLB and the MLBPA could, you know, figure that out. But point being, the NHL has been kind of leading the charge um, in how to handle sports in a post-COVID-19 world. And if things are successful and things go off well with their hub city plan and we, you know, we have a Stanley Cup champion and the draft goes smoothly and down the line, they're going to be looked at in a really good light as being, you know, they were not only first, but they dealt with it the best. You know, for all the crap that Gary Bettman gets out of all of the commissioners, Gary Bettman seems to be the more proactive one when it comes to his league. Uh, it seems, even though there are things that you can probably disagree with, you know, because nobody is perfect, but uh, Gary Bettman has done a fantastic job at keeping everything together, unified for the most part, outside of the lockouts, of course. And it seems that the sport is growing more and more as the days go on. So with the cooperation between the Players Union and the Players Association, rather, and the owners, it seems like they were all on the same page. Um, usually it's the NHL that ends up having a lot of these, uh, you know, spits or spats between the players and the owners, but it seems they were on the same page. They want to get this done. They understand that this is something that everybody can benefit from. And truth be told, I think the NHL gets more recognition now from all of this because if you compare it to the way Rob Manfred and the owners are and are working with the um, the MLBPA, it's a complete 180. You know, it's you know they're they're arguing over certain things that really shouldn't be argued over. And meanwhile, the NHL, who they they get way less, they play harder, and they're at a greater risk. Are willingly conceding things on both sides in order to get this done. So I think it's a fantastic job by the NHL, by the players, and I think they will gain more recognition. And before you go, I just want to say something, a couple things real quick. Uh, first of all, shout out to Steven Vogel, a.k.a. Statboy Steven, for his prospect interviews. Um, he's provided the website a lot of content, a lot of interesting stories with a lot of the prospects that he's interviewed so far. So nice big uh, shout out to uh, Stephen Vogel. And also, uh, please follow us on Instagram. Ant wanted us to plug that. Uh, there you go, old man. Um, <laughs> it's uh, forever <laughs> underscore blue shirts. Uh, and it's basically just an extension of what we do on Twitter through Instagram. It's another avenue for us to you know, give us or give you the listeners and the readers more, um, more of an avenue to check out our stuff. So check out our Instagram. It's at forever underscore blue shirts, if I'm correct. But if, if that's not it, I, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It should be it. But if it's wrong somehow and it changes overnight, then just look up forever blue shirts on Instagram. You'll be able to find it. Also, if you want to follow Kevin on, on Twitter, you know, you know, you know, I, I, I want to say something about the question that I posed. It, it is forever oh. underscore blue shirts. Okay. It is forever underscore blue shirts. It's forever, forever. It's fine. Oh, just... oh, okay. Oh, Kevin. Kevin wants to butt in. Well, before you oh, go, 
Let me just finish that. Yeah, off. Finish, your, yeah. finish your your. If you want to follow Kevin, I have to. I mean, people have to know who we are. I mean, come on. I guess you need yeah. more followers more than anyone. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't do it for the followers. No, we know, but I, I do, do it, it for the satisfaction that, 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 of the tweets. Tweet. Okay, enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's at Space Earthbender because he doesn't want to have a normal one. I'm at JL Shapiro, and Russell is at Russell Hartman one because at Russell Hartman two was probably taken. Or at Russell Hartman zero too. I think. I think. How many think, Russell yeah. Hartmans are there? I don't know, but this is the only one you need. <laughs> so just to bring it all home, thank you, JL, for that lovely set of information that you can find anywhere on ForeverBlueShirts.com because we are powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. ForeverBlueShirts.com. Um, yes, I think at the end of the day, people are going to hate Gary Bettman, but you really shouldn't. I mean, he can do a lot of things wrong. He make a lot of things a lot harder for the teams and the players. But he decided to just be as, you know, responsible as possible. And he made he's making this NHL season end. And if it wasn't for him, we would have no more hockey at the end of the year. So thank you, Gary Bettman. I thought I'd never say this ever in my life. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much it for the show, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Always a pleasure working with the fabulous Russell Hartman, the ever, ever knowing, all knowing John Luke Shapiro. And of course, like JL said, I am Kevin Pruvy. We are powered by ForBlueShirts.com. And Russell, why don't you take us out tonight? Let's go, Rangers! You've been listening to 4B Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. everyone, this is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap Up, a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap Up. And let's go, Raider Nation. It's me, Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby. Join me as I bring you the latest news on your Las Vegas Raiders. On Just Pod Baby, I will give you my thoughts on all things silver and black. And of course, you can expect to receive the best information from top-notch guests. Be sure to listen to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Silver and Black Today Media Group. The Raiders have moved to Las Vegas, but Raider Nation is worldwide. Hi, Silver and Black Maniacs. I'm Scott Goldbranson, host of Silver and Black Today, the first and only All Raiders show from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada. 
A-list guests like players and coaches, and the best Raiders talk in the land. Subscribe and listen today if you just want to win, baby.